Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 251. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, well, this is the first S. Anthony Says Podcast of the Trump presidency, my friends. You know, and it's a really interesting thing to watch the news now. It's an interesting thing to watch the news now because everybody is so far apart. Everybody's pushed into the corners. And if you're in the middle is now so big that (laughs) if you're standing in the middle, you're kind of alone, right? Because everyone has to, you know, when when somebody is so extreme to one side or the other one, it's really weird because you almost kind of have to pick sides because it's really, really difficult to drag them a little closer to the center, which is usually a good place to be. You know, it's good to be in the center and lean one way or the other one because that was that was what you what you were used to. You would you with a person that seemed reasonable, but they disagree with you on a couple of fiscal policies, or they seem reasonable to you if you're on the on the right, but they had a couple of a couple of uh, liberal policies that you disagree with but you didn't hate them you just disagreed with them well that crap's over (laughs) and everybody hates everybody you know a little less than half of the country hates this country a little more these people and a little more than half the country hates these people and it's really it's kind of sad you know and no place is is more uh, indicative of that than my Facebook. Now, my personal Facebook is just that personal. I have a fan page and I have a personal page. And I didn't have, uh, I kind of turned my Facebook page into a personal page because I have a lot of Facebook friends. I have more Twitter followers. I have 10,000 something Twitter followers and about 30 some 3,000 something Facebook friends. And because I have a lot of people on, on my sites, if I repost something, there's always a, especially if it's political, there's always a big clap back from whatever the opposing view is. But here's the thing. It's more so, like I said, on Facebook than on Twitter. On Twitter, 95% of the people I follow on Twitter probably agree with me politically. And I agree with them politically on most things. So I have maybe maybe 90%. And there's 10% of the people I follow that we like exchanging jokes. And they, they post some stuff I find interesting and I post stuff they find interesting. But we disagree politically. And here's the thing that's really cool about it. Even though we disagree politically, and I'm talking about some of us, are, some of our views are diametrically opposed. Eh, we can talk to each other cool. A lot of times we don't even talk about politics because I know what you're thinking and you know what I'm thinking. There's really no need, need to go arguing back and forth. But on Facebook, the reason I had to make it personal was because I had people that were following that were friends of mine on Facebook would post stuff on my page. And, get, and because I had a lot of people follow me would get this avalanche of <laughs> I mean, it was an avalanche of hatred. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, gee, and it's not even me. To, literally, they, they post on my page. And before I even get an opportunity to like or or reply to it or anything like that, there'd be people having these vicious personal attack fights. And uh, and I'm going, geez, man, this is this is pretty. (laughs) You know, I'm a real big fan of Obama. You mean that Kenyan monkey? Really? Really? That's the first. You can't talk about the fact that maybe you disagree with something he did. The first thing you come in with is Kenyan monkey. Seriously, you know. 
And just like anything else, you have a response, a visceral response to many things. Like say you go into a supermarket or you go, no, not a supermarket. Say you go into a, uh, an electronic store and you just want to take a look. You're not buying anything. You know you're not buying anything. You're just taking a quick look. You know, you got your credit card on you, so you could make the purchase, but you just, you just initially coming in to look and you have 27 salespeople come up on you and help you can help you can help you can help you can help 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 and your first response is no 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 back off back off back off back off you pull out a chair and a whip back up off me damn it there'll be no sale today well when somebody attacks you on on the internet a lot of times you have the exact same type of response it's this visceral i've got to protect myself response that Kenyan monkey. Oh, yeah, your mother sucks monkey's balls. How about that? Oh, yeah, well, let me tell you something. Well, you spell, you said there, and you spelled, you spelled it T-H-E-R-E, and it's not spelled that way because you're an, an idiot. Oh, yeah, well, you're the, and you've been, well, yeah, well, let me tell you something. I hope your mother gets, yeah, well, I hope your father, and it turns into that. Keep in mind, I haven't even noticed the damn post yet, and that's what's going on on my page. And then I come in and I, I try to make a, you know, I said, guys, really, can we just, I mean, y'all are using like disgusting language on my page. You know, I'm going to have to delete this whole thing. I, I don't want, and I want people coming to my page, you know, because when I started doing the Facebook page, it was just me trading jokes with people or funny observations or interesting articles and stuff like that. And people would discuss things, but they wouldn't get into the Kenyan monkey and using the C word on each other. But I started looking at my page and I scrolled down and every post was even more vicious. And I was like, good God. Well, I mean, let me, you know, well, let me let me delete that one because I, I can't have this is 48 comments and, and 32 of them have the C word. <laughs> right. You know, when people calling each other's mothers, monkeys and all that. I, I can't. I, I got to delete that. Click that scroll down to the next one. And here we do. And they're continuing the fight. From the first the post at the top of the page into the next post, and the next post is not political. The post up top was a political a tirade by someone that uh, an article that I posted that I thought people would find interesting. The post underneath it was not even about politics. You know what it was about? I love beagle dogs. I love beagles. I think they're the cutest thing in the world. And when I move to a house that's not here, I'm probably going to get two of them. Why? I love beagles. So it was a, I saw this thing and I'm, I was doing some research on beagles. I go to the page. It was a YouTube thing. And I'm, I was like, man, this is the most adorable thing in the history of the world, man. I damn near wanted to hug my phone. That's how much I love beagles. I I came close to taking the phone and putting it to my face and going, good boy, good boy. And I would have done that. But the people at the supermarket would have had me thrown out because it's kind of weird to have a dude standing in the middle of a supermarket with a phone next to his face going good boy good boy at least that's what i was told by the last place that threw me out when i actually did that <laughs> don't judge me shut up so i go down to and it's, it's a beagles the most adorable dogs the smart dog the good dog, and i'm going this is creep i mean everybody puts up cat videos damn it i'm gonna stop putting up you know just jokes and and articles i'm gonna put up something that's cute that that, that warms my heart and i'm gonna put this this beagle thing up there and it's great and let me read the comments i'm pretty sure all the comments are going to be beagles are cute i have a beagle my beagle's the greatest you're gonna love beagles s s you 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 love beagles too s you should buy beagles if you ever want to buy a beagle s i got the place i know the person and and, and all of that kind of, and i'm expecting that i go down i'm scrolling and the first two comments are that 
the first comment is, you know, I'm a beagle owner, and uh, you know, they're actually very, very good dogs. You know, I have a, a lot of children in my family. My family, I come from a large family. So my wife and I, we got married young, and we decided to have a big family. You know, we've been married for ten years. We have three kids, uh, seven, six, and two, and. Uh, you know, and a lot of people like to get the dog, you know, uh, before they have the kids, you know, and then when the kid. But I got the dogs after that, and, and I got them from a shelter, and uh, they were great dogs, and we put the dog in there. And the, do the, the funny thing about it is my kids roughhouse with the dog. The dogs love it. You know, we don't have to worry about my dog biting people or anything like that. And they reply to that. I also have beagles, and S, you're right. He Chuck is right, S. You should also get beagles because my family, we have beagles. And then the next comment down there. I told you about that Kenyan socialist nigga. Get that nigga social nigga social nigga. Nig 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 monkey nig nig nig. Oh yeah, well your mother's a whore. And these comments have nothing to do with the damn beagles. It's almost as if the hatred that was on the post above it kind of dripped off like sewage and dropped down onto the post about beagles that had nothing to do with the politics and it kind of festered and and turned into some kind of sludge and out of that sludge grew more hatred and all of a sudden two comments about how cute beagles are and then a bunch of comments and you know you know what and let me tell you something about that hillary she ain't nothing but a, and oh yeah well trump's a yeah oh yeah well hillary oh yeah well trump ain't nothing but a and speaking of trump and hillary and obama i never like i like that and oh yeah well obama was better than and then that other guy because mitt romney was nothing but a and then there were people underneath going, why are these people arguing about politics on a Beagle post? So all of a sudden, the Beagle post had two nice comments about Beagles. And I'm telling you, I think I forgot what the, and it was and underneath the Beagle post. There's literally 48 comments where people are cursing each other out about politics. I scroll up. I said, I, I'll just delete this and repost it later. Let's see what's underneath that. Underneath that was some was a was a, a video of somebody doing stand up comment comedy that I never heard of. But he was really funny, and I was like, people should see this. This guy's good. I put it up there, and underneath there, you know, this guy's pretty good. I said, do you know him? And then I reply underneath that, no, I don't know him, but I just, you know, I, I saw it, and I thought the dude was funny, and I figured that, you know, since I like, you know, I'm a comic too, and I figured, you know, you know, I mean, he's just kind of a new dude. I figured, you know, let the, you know, maybe somebody could see his, his stuff, and you know, who knows what's gonna happen? You know, I mean, I only got three thousand of y'all, uh, friends and everything, but I mean, if you know, if y'all can check out his video, and then that'd be kind of cool, you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of nice. I just thought he was a good dude and underneath that. And he's there, yeah, he's funny, but you know what's not funny? The direction of America because of the Kenyan socialist monkey nigga. And he, yeah, I'm down here too. You thought you could hide? You thought because he deleted the Beagle post that I wouldn't find you? Well, I find you. And I understand that Donald Trump blows goats. And another thing, oh yeah, well, Hillary ain't nothing but a ain't shit. And her husband likes to, yeah, and he ain't. Yeah, well, Trump said, you give, you give, you give. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I can't even post it. And keep in mind, these two people were literally friends of friends. They weren't my friends. They didn't even know who the hell I was. They just had someone post some stuff and they came to my, came to my page to fight there. I mean, just imagine, just imagine if that, just imagine the real world ver version of that. Right? Just imagine if you went to the store, you came back, you got a sandwich. Right. And, and you, you're eating it and everything's cool. 
then you'll open up the window and you look outside and you and somebody walks by and they wave at you. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, buddy? And you left your window open. You go, oh, man, let me go upstairs and go to the bathroom. And then you come back downstairs. And now when you see two people you never heard of standing there in your living room, right, eating, you know, eating food out of your, uh, off of your table and cursing at each other. And you're going, how did you two people get in? Well, you left your window open and we needed some place to fight. I mean, granted, we could have done that outside, but we decided we wanted to fight in your house, even though we don't know you at all. So anyway, excuse us. We have this discussion. This has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it kind of does have something to do with you. You're in my living room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, pal. Now, let me tell you something. Your mother's a whore. And you're oh, yeah, but let me tell you something. Baby. And then they start fighting and breaking up the damn furniture. And they're going, could you two people get out? And then you kick them out of the house. You kick them out. And you start, you, you pick up all your stuff. And you're like, oh, at least they didn't break the furniture. They knocked some stuff over, but they didn't break anything. So let me make sure I put everything back together. What is that? sound in the basement and you realize you didn't lock the door behind you and the two bastards walk back in and now they're in the basement and you go downstairs and they're downstairs and another thing i want to kick your ass i'm gonna kick your ass no i'm gonna kick your ass oh you're gonna kick my ass i'm gonna kick your ass and then they're rolling around beating each other in the head with your two laundry hampers and you're going what the hell are you guys doing i told you i didn't want you well you said you didn't want us fighting in the living room and this is the basement so could you leave us alone right now we're here we're going to kick each other's ass some more for, for for no particular reason and then they start fighting in the basement and you're going this is ridiculous i want you two assholes out you lock the back door you push them out the front door you lock the door and you say that's it you jackass is going to come in my house i don't even know you two and you're going to come in my house and start fighting about stupid crap how dare you you dumb bastards and you throw them out and then you call your friend on the phone and you start talking to your friend and said, you won't believe what happened. What happened? Well, I was, I was eating a sandwich. I'm sitting in the living room. A couple of people are outside and seem to be arguing, but, or maybe I don't know what they were doing, but I waved hello because they seem to be looking at me. I go upstairs to go to the bathroom. I come back down. The jackasses are fighting in the living room. I kick them out of the house. Somehow they get back in. I think I forgot to lock the front door. The bastards go in the basement, start kicking each other's ass, and then I throw them out. Well, it's a good thing you got those idiots out. Exactly, it's a good thing I got them out. I, I mean, this is ridiculous that I got to put up with this crap. I didn't expect this. I mean, I don't even know these people. What the hell is this? And you go to bed. Have a nice night of sleep. You're damn right. You go into the bathroom, you brush your teeth. Yeah, you do. You sit down and you do some stuff that's natural to get rid of some stuff that's in you that shouldn't be in you. And you put it in the thing with the water you flush. It goes out of the house. Then you take care of yourself by using the thing and you get into the shower. You want to take the thing. You want to shower up. You shower up. You're feeling good. You look in the mirror. You're looking good. You shave your face. I don't know why you didn't shave before you took a shower, you dumb bastard. But it doesn't matter. Just get it done. You put on your clothes. You think you're going to have a good day. You can feel you're going to have a good day. Damn it, every time I felt like this in the past, I had a good day. I have some interesting stories to say at the office. I can go to the office and tell people at the office about these two jackasses that climbed in my window and fought in my damn living room. Then when I threw them out, they came back in and fought in the basement and I threw their punk asses out. But now I have some good stories I can use at work. That's right.
You walk down the steps, you get into your car, you start your car up, you turn on the radio, you're listening to, and all of a sudden, your favorite song comes on. And the announcer goes, oh, that was a great, that was a great song by the, by the artist you like the most. And as it turns out, it's that artist's birthday. So on your commute to work, man, there's going to be a whole bunch of songs you like in a row. You don't even have to plug your phone up and start listening to your, to your music. We're going to play all the songs you like in exactly the sequence that you like them. It's a complete coincidence. It's just just another indication that today will be a good day for you. Oh, yeah. You start driving down the road. You roll down your window. You look out your window. There's a beautiful woman. She looks at you. You look at her. She looks at you. You look at her. She smiles at you. You smile at her. And you're thinking, ha, not only is it a good day, but I still got it. Oh, yeah. And then you see it. What do you see? You see traffic. Oh. That's the last thing I need is traffic. I was having a good day up until this point. Now I got this traffic, but it doesn't matter. They're going to be playing all my favorite songs on the radio. Doesn't matter. I got a full tank of gas. My car was just inspected yesterday, so it's running in perfect condition. Everything's going to be good. I can stomach this traffic because I was actually earlier because everything else went well. I'm cool. And even have to turn my car. Like this, this traffic is horrendous. There's a... Hello? Hey, uh, you on, you on the way? Yeah, I'm on my way, man. It's, uh, hey, I know I saw it on the news. It was a big traffic jam. You're going to be there for a while, though. You know what? It's not a big deal. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to cancel the meeting. You still, still, still want you to come in and clean up a couple of things in the office and, you know, take care of a couple of, uh, couple of accounts, but uh, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, in fact, it's probably going to be an early day for everybody because, you know, this traffic jam is kind of kind of blocking up everybody. And, you know, the meetings are going to be impossible. So we're going to reschedule the meetings. I, you're probably happy because we didn't you didn't want to go to this meeting in the first place. Truth be told. No, nah, I mean, not that I didn't want to go to the meetings, but I knew it was going to be really, really difficult. Well, that's no big deal. Well, you got to worry about it again. It probably take another couple of months to get everybody back together. So, you know, as it turns out, it might work out pretty good. We might actually be able to, you know, we make the presentation even better because we have a. We'll have more time to put it together. Oh, you know, that, as it turns out, this traffic jam might actually generate more dollars for the office. I know what you mean. Ah, oh, this is great. So I guess I can just sit back and listen to these cool. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna turn my. Uh, I don't really need to hear all that crap. I just got to get off the phone. Okay, no problem. Take care of yourself. All right, bye, man. Okay, great. Well, I, mean, I guess I'm just gonna, you know, turn on the radio and just sit back and enjoy. Uh, I mean, I'm probably the only person sitting in this traffic jam is going to enjoy it because you know I got my I got my coffee here. I got my little Danish action here. You know, my car is in great shape. I'm playing good songs that I like on the radio. Not a problem. I'm turning the car off. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to you know, burn gas. I ain't like these cars are going to be moving anytime soon, right? <laughs> uh, what, the hell's, what the hell's going on back there? Are these guys walking in the street. These guys walking down. What are these guys walking in traffic? I mean, I know the cars aren't moving. Why are they walking in traffic? And why are they pointing at me? Why are they coming towards me? What the hell is this? And then those then those two two dudes that were fighting in your living room and in your basement jump into the back of your car and start arguing some more. And another thing, you mother jump, I'm gonna kick your ass, I'm gonna kick your ass, I'm gonna kick your ass. And they start fighting in your car. And they're going, What the hell is that? They said, We were looking for you, man. We couldn't find you. We went to your house, you weren't there. And we have this thing. We need to actually fight in your presence because we're jackasses. Get out of my car, damn it. And you throw them out of your car. I know that sounds ridiculous, but isn't it ridiculous to go to somebody's damn Facebook page and sit there arguing about stupid crap that has nothing to do with the crap that the person was talking about in the first place? When I was a little kid, I used to love politics. 
you know, obviously I didn't understand it the same way I do now as an adult. But at the time, I just got an, uh, an, uh, a joy out of watching and getting an idea of what the public consciousness was. What, kind of getting an idea of the old zeitgeistio. You dig what I'm saying? So I would watch on the news and you, I would love to get a kick out of how some pundits would say this is going to happen. And some would say this is going to happen. And I got a kick out of watching and seeing and trying to figure out which one was going to be right and which one was going to be wrong. But now I don't, as an adult, probably because I know more, I don't enjoy politics anymore at all. In fact, it annoys me. It pisses me off. I used to like to watch the Sunday morning chat, uh, chat shows. I mean, not chat shows, but the talking head shows. When you'd have the Republican congressman from the state that doesn't like anybody and the Democratic congressman from a state that also doesn't like anybody and they're now going to talk and they're going to sit next to each other and they're going to trade really really well scripted barbs and then we're going to go to commercial and then it's going to happen again with another set of people and they're going to do that crap and you're going to sit there and you're going to agree with the person that agrees with you and hate the other person but you're not going to outwardly hate them you're still going to speak kind of respectfully you're going to be a little bit your humor is going to be a little dry and your barbs are going to be a little are going to be a little sly but you're going to be basically respectful to the other person and that's how it was. Now, because we have smartphones, the Internet and all of this stuff, all the crap that people would lie to us about, we can actually fact check them in seconds. And in many cases, we're, we have what they said before so burned into our consciousness that the fact checking of what they're saying is instantaneous. There's no reason or need to look up the information because as the information was coming towards us, it, we, we retained it. Well, I never actually said that we were going to blah, 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 blah. And, you're, and, the, and the commentator will go, well, <laughs> you know, Here's some videotape of you saying, let's roll it. As a matter of fact, we're going to blah, 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 blah. What do you say about that? Well, at that time, I may have misspoken. <laughs> also, I was not aware that there were cameras there. <laughs> right? So, I can't enjoy it anymore. I just can't enjoy it anymore. It's, it's become such... It be, the way I can explain it, the way I feel about it before is... I like watching UFC fights. Let me amend that. I love watching fights in the UFC. I enjoy boxing. I enjoy it. There's two people standing there who've honed and trained their bodies to absorb damage and to inflict damage. And the idea in there, the best case scenario, if you're a professional UFC fighter, is to hit the other person with either one punch, one kick, or a series of those things so hard and violently that you concuss the person and knock them unconscious. Or, number two, depending on your training, is to take one of their joints and bend them in such a painful way that the person taps you and says, stop doing that. I can't take the pain or stop doing that because if you were to push it any further than that, it would might it might cause permanent damage. Or you and the other person exchange blows viciously, but upon counting the number of blows and the viciousness of the blows, you inflicted more damage to the other person than they did to you, even though you both inflicted massive amounts of damage and the one who inflicted the most damage gets the victory. And yes, I've been a UFC fan since the beginning. I was a UFC fan before Dana White and them were there. I was a UFC fan from when the first one started. 
and I love the sport. But if somebody puts a view a video on TV on uh, on YouTube or something like that where two regular people punch each other in the face, I hate that. When you see videos of somebody getting knocked out, I mean, I watch bully videos every once in a while. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because under normal circumstances, I hate that. But if there's somebody like beating up a lady or something like that and her husband comes in and knocks the guy's ass out, well, how can I put it? Fuck him. You got what you deserve. But for the most part, I don't want to see that crap. Like, was that hypocritical? On one hand, I go out of my way to watch two dudes beat the crap out of each other or two ladies beat the crap out of each other in the UFC. But if it's two regular people doing it, I don't like it. Yes, it's a little bit hypocritical. But keep in mind, in the UFC, the combatants have trained their bodies to take that punishment and to dish it out. And they're being paid and they're willing participants. Now, when I watch politics, it's become kind of like that. Back when I watched it, in the younger days, it was more UFC. You know, they got in there. They were they were combatants that volunteered to get in there. They were trained to whoop each other's behinds. And that's what it is. It is what it is. But now, all of a sudden, you got people that didn't want to participate in it at that level, getting the same level of viciousness and attacks when they didn't volunteer for that. You could be somebody in the news just asking a question and then all of a sudden someone who is more powerful than you will direct everybody to crush you. You're just some person who's, who's a news reporter. You make a nice living, but you're not some big deal. But someone with real power, that person lied, get them. And all of a sudden you're getting tweets, this, that, death threats, and all this kind of crap. You're not a you're not a rich, famous person. You don't have bodyguards following you around. But all of a sudden you got people talking about they're going to blow your house up and kill you and shoot you. And that's what's that's what's that's what it's, what it's become. And that's why I can't enjoy it anymore. Like I said, you're a politician. You do some stuff. People say that you're an asshole. You chose that position. You're getting that money. You're going to get the lifetime pension. You're going to get the lifetime of health insurance. You have all this power. You're going to be making all this bread. You're going to have all these things. You knew what the deal was when you signed up for it. Just like a UFC fighter knows a person who really knows how to punch and kick is going to try to punch and kick me in the face before I get in that ring. I need to be prepared for that. And what about all of a sudden? And in this corner, Kiki McPunchalot. He's got a record of 75 and two. The two losses. Well, actually, they weren't losses. He got disqualified for stabbing a dude, which is against the rules. Okay. And now his opponents. Ha, just kidding. He doesn't have opponent, an opponent. We're going to take one of you people out there that booed one of the previous fights and drag your ass in here. Uh, wait a minute. I, didn't, I just wanted to boo the fighters. I, I'm not really a tough guy. Doesn't matter. Put your beer down, fat boy. If you can boo your piece of crap and express your opinion. Well, guess what? He saw it, didn't like it. And now we're going to put your fat ass in the ring with him. Get up there, fat boy. I'm not a fighter. I have a, have a problem. I have sciatica. You're going to have more than that in a couple of seconds and then you drag that fat bastard out of the audience who who, who got up who had a hard time getting out of the chair because his legs were numb because he sat down in the chair for too long and he had 18 beers in his lap and you put him in the ring with punchy mckicks a lot and kicky mcpunches a lot and all of a sudden you lock the cage up and then kicky mcpunches a lot beats the shit out of his ass and that's what it's like now <laughs> I really disagree with this person in politics because you know what? Get her. 
<laughs> and all of a sudden, she's like, wait a second, I'm just sitting in the, oh. That's why I can't enjoy it as much anymore. It's not It's not fun anymore, man. It used to, it used to be fun to me, but now it just kind of grosses me out. And that's a long way of just uh, talking about how disappointed I am now, you know. And that's why people keep like people keep asking me why is your your personal Facebook page personal? Well, that's about a twenty eight minute version of why. <laughs> uh, it's kind of disappointing, you know. And now the next four years are going to be very, 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 very interesting, aren't they? Right. Like I said, it used to be that they would com- they would be combatants in there, and we on the outside would make our statements and comments from here, and hopefully affect things from the outside because we weren't really inside. And now, with social media and all these other kind of things, now all of a sudden, randomly. You can be dragged into that arena that you're not prepared for. And you have to deal with kicky McPunches a lot and punchy McKicks a lot. And you ain't ready for it. Well, folks, you better get ready. Because your asses are about to be dragged into that ring. And uh, it ain't going to be pretty. Segment over. Okay, guys. Uh, this is what I want to talk to you about in this segment right here, my friends. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my little, my grandniece and grandnephew were over a little while ago. And of course they come running over to see, you know, uh, to see me, you know, and they run over, Hey, you know, you kiss the babies and everything, you know? And so I'm sitting there on the couch and they're talking to me about, you know, the kind of crap that three and four year olds talk to you about. You know, I had ice cream, I, you know, that kind of crap. And the other one said, you know, string theory. I said, hey, string theory. And then I realized he was just talking about a string. And I, I was just wishful thinking. <laughs> anyway. So so they're sitting there and I, and uh, and they uh, and the parents go, hey, come on, let's go and get some. Yes, I said, yeah, you can get some juices or whatever out the freezer. Go ahead. You know, I, I didn't buy them for me. So they get the little things when they drink the juice. And I'm not paying attention. They're playing around on some stuff. And I'm sitting there watching TV and they're doing whatever they're doing. And then they come back into the room and I'm thinking, oh, they want to hug uh, Uncle S again. Okay, great. And I realized after the first of this particular hug, they're standing on my feet. Well, well, I mean, you know, they're kids, you know, they probably don't know what they're doing. Okay, now they're both climbing on my lap. Not a problem. I've held the babies before. No big deal. Standing on my lap now. That's not really that big. They're now jumping up and down on my lap. They're getting perilously close to the cut to the to you know. So I had to stop, put a stop to that. I said, "Okay, okay, I don't want you guys to fall." Okay, okay. So they're sitting on my lap, not a problem. Then they crawl up on my chest. They both kiss me on the forehead and everything. Okay, great. The babies do that, and then they start playing with my face. You know, and you know, at first it's funny. He 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 he. One's on one side, one's on the other side. They're grabbing their face. They're pinching their cheeks. And then all of a sudden they started becoming fascinated with the holes in your face, like nose, eyes, and ears. And 
And I'm going, oh, what this, what? Uh, okay, not the nose. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, not the eye, not the eye. Not, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Uh, not that no, 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 I don't want anything in my ears. <laughs> Why are you both standing on my chest? <laughs> okay, now you're both standing on my shoulders. Okay. <laughs> now I've got four feet on my face. Okay, we got to take you back down now. Okay. <laughs> now you're jumping on the couch. I really don't like that, but that's okay. You don't have shoes on. No big deal. You're both tiny. <laughs> okay, now you're back standing on my face again. <laughs> because babies... When you're close to them, your relatives of them, and they know you love them and you know they love you, there is no separation between you and them. They think that you are their property and your body parts are theirs. They don't mind stepping on your feet. They think nothing of it. Why? Because those feet are theirs, damn it, because you belong to them. They don't mind jumping up and down in your legs and jumping on your chest and standing on your head. What difference does it make? You're part of them. You're their property, punk, and you better shut up and dig it. Kids are like cats, right? And that's how it is. And it doesn't even have, it's not just little kids either. I mean, like infants and toddlers. I'm talking about, I remember when my nephews who are grown men now were like seven, eight and nine years old and they'd be hanging out with Uncle S and I would walk by the steps and I would not realize that they were hiding behind on the, by the banister and I would walk by and all of a sudden I turn around and there's two kids in the air jumping on me. I have to catch them because the last thing I want to do is send two kids back that look like they've hit their heads on the ground. You know, what happened to the children? Why are they doing like that? Well, they jumped off the steps. Those children will not jump off the steps. You must be some kind of sick bastard. You know, I don't want that crap. But why do they jump on me like that? Because they're kids. And when they see you, they consider you their property. They consider your body their property. And they can do whatever the hell they want with it. They don't care if I'm sleeping on the floor and I was had I have a newspaper on my face because I fall asleep. What difference does it make? Let's wake him up by standing on his stomach and chest and jumping up and down. Hey, he's going to love it. Well, guess what, punks? I didn't love it. <laughs> right? But the thing about it is, it's just not little kids. It's anybody that's around you for a long period of time now considers either you, what you have, what you do, anything about you, depending on the level of intimacy with the person we're talking about in this particular case. They think that that belongs to them because they have regular access to it. Right. I had a friend of mine that rode that drove uh, 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 buses back in my hometown of Philly, and he would be on the route that I was on every day. And when I would get on the bus, he would always put his hand over the thing because he did he wasn't he wouldn't charge me because I was a friend of his, right? So one day they moved his route, and I got on the bus, and even though you're technically supposed to pay, this I was like almost. And it's just subconsciously offended because why well, I rode this route for years and never had to pay. And this is even the same number trolley he, I'm sorry, bus that he drove in. I don't pay on bus 4762, damn it. On this route at this time of day, what the hell is this? That's what I'm feeling. I paid the money, but in the back of my mind, I was slightly offended. Why? Because this bus was my bus. Why? Because I knew him. I knew him. He had this bus. And because I knew him and he had this bus, I don't pay to get on this bus. I never paid to get on this bus. And this time I had to pay to get on this bus. This bus was mine, damn it. Because I got used to being able to not pay. Right? 
You get used to something, you get familiar with it, you think it belongs to you. I remember talking to a lady friend of mine and um, we were at the gym and she was talking about some dude she was dating and, you know, and, and she's not one of those public displays of affection persons because she she never was married. She never lived with anyone. She only dated people. for She was a serial monogamist. You know what I mean? Every, she dates somebody for three to six months and then they'd get rid of her. She'd get rid of them. She never had that super close. I love this person more than life itself relationship. She just has the, she had to date the guy, get it on with him for a few months, realize he's a douche or he realizes she's a douche and one of them dumps each other. And I was talking about, she was asking me about an old girlfriend. I was explaining something that was going on and she goes, what the hell? Really? She did that? I said, yes. She goes, she, she wiped your face. You had mustard on your face and she wiped it off. Wipe your damn mustard off your damn self. And I said, that's how you think because you've never lived with someone or been married to someone. I've lived with women before, never been married, but I've lived with before. And once you lived with someone before, you've been in a house with someone before, you've been in the bed with them every night before, all of a sudden, there, everything is now your everything. It's just the way it works. And she was completely flummoxed by that. She goes, what the hell are you talking about? I said, that's because you, you, you don't understand. I said, I said, you're with your guy. You were with your guy for your birthday, the guy you're with now, right? Yes. And I said, okay. And now he was affectionate. Yeah, he was all up on me and everything. I said, well, you got it on him before. He goes, yeah, we're sleeping together. But I mean, still, I said, well, he's been up in you. I said, yeah, but that's different. That's in the bedroom and we're alone. That's different. Because this guy was one of those guys that likes to hug his girlfriend or hold her hand in public, but she completely could not stand. This, this particular lady that I'm talking about hated the fact that he tried to hold her hand. And then he tried to hug her. And then when they, they were they were in the they were in the, they were in the nightclub off to the side they were dancing and all everything and she was while he was walking with her back to the bar and he tried to touch her behind to give her a little yeah girl you know and she's and she's like what and she spun around what is that what are you doing <laughs> I said the dude you're sleeping with at your boyfriend is he wanted to give you a little pat on the butt and you she goes yeah now some people don't like that stuff. You know, most every girl I've ever dated with, when I put my hand on her ass, she backed into it and was like, yeah. But then again, <laughs> I miss Anthony. So, <laughs> right? I said, that's what dudes do when you when you become a, a couple, you're intimate with each other. All of a sudden, she goes, eh. I said, I said remember when you were giving me a hard time because I told you about the girl that wiped the mustard off my face? She goes, yes. I said, well, she had pudding on her face, and I reached over and licked it off of her mouth. She goes, oh, I mean, were you were you doing something? Were you, were you getting it on or something like that? I said, no. She goes, well, what did you do that for? I said, one, I kind of wanted my mouth on it. But the other reason is, you know, she was my woman. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You know, when you're living with somebody, when you're living with, I was living with the with the girl, and I was, she, she, she was, making some pancakes or something or washing some stuff at the sink or something like that or just outside doing something. I wanted to walk up behind her and put my hands on her delicious buttocks. She loved it. We were walking down the street holding hands and I would take my hand out of her hand. There'll be a, a, a look, a really quick look. I was like, why is he taking his hand off my hand? And then when I put my hand on those juicy brown butt cheeks through her tight pants, oh yeah. She was like, yeah, that's even better. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, damn right it's better. In fact, me walk on the other side and squeeze the other butt cheek. <laughs> and which was really weird because that's actually the sound I made when I did it and she thought it was hilarious <laughs> and everyone's going dude what, what are you making that sound for I said that this is the sound I make when I squeeze my woman's ass he goes really well I go wiki wiki 
squeeze when I squeeze my girl's ass. I said, yeah, every guy has a sound he makes when he squeezes his girl's ass. You sir, what do you do? Hey, what's going on? What's the sound you make when you squeeze your girl's ass? I thought I was the only one that did it. Hey, honey, could you stand up for a minute? Yeah, sure. Watch this. A yuka, a yuka. Like, oh, you got a girl. Oh, you said it because your girl's got a really big ass. You're damn right. Okay, I, I digress. So the point, I, <laughs> the point I was making is, you touch your, you touch your woman, you feel, you touch your woman, you start to think of her body as yours, and you, she starts to think of your body as hers. And unlike when it's the kids stomping on your face and standing on your chest, you don't mind this one, right? I mean, when I, was, I remember when I was in my twenties and I was dating a lady, and she had never been in a long-term relationship, and I had never been in a long-term relationship, and we started to you know get it on on a regular basis, and we were boyfriend and girlfriend and stuff, and she had this fascination with grabbing. I mean, keep in mind I'm completely clothed and I'm wearing jeans, but she had this fascination with let's just say, uh, how can I put this? Always putting her hand on my junk. Right. And the first time she did it, she looked at me like, do I have permission to do this? And I'm looking at her going, you're damn right. You do. <laughs> right. And then I started to become a little more comfortable. I'm, that was when I started feeling more comfortable squeezing on the delicious buttocks. And she loved it. And I wasn't happy with just that. One day we we're sitting at the house. We're at her house and we're sitting on the floor watching TV and she's wearing one of those T-shirts and she didn't have a bra underneath the T-shirt and we're watching the movie and we're having a great time, you know, and I put my hands on her delicious breasts over the shirt and she did not react at all. And I couldn't give her the is this okay look because she was sitting in front of me but the simple fact that i had my hands for like 12 minutes straight on her breasts and she didn't react was a good sign what was an even better sign was when i put my hands underneath her shirt and started playing with her chest yummies and i was like dang god oh god these brown warm brown pockets of heaviness these warm brown nipple covered yum yums i love these beautiful brown chest yummies i didn't actually say that out loud i was saying it in my brain but there were okay i was there was a little sound coming out of them the sound that was coming out of me was like <laughs> which is just as creepy and so she didn't even react to that and i'm going i guess it's okay to play with her buttocks and breasts yeah that's great this is awesome but then she looked back at me and I'm going, okay, I'm going to be able to tell by the way she talks whether or not this is a problem. And she goes, did you get the milk when you went to the store? And I said, yeah. She goes, oh, okay, cool. And then she goes right back to the movie. And I'm going, she said nothing about the fact that I'm constantly rubbing her boobs with my hands under her shirt, which means this is okay. But I still want confirmation. I'm an idiot. Instead of just enjoying the fact that she's allowed me to play with those juicy brown yum-yums, I'm going to ask her. And I said, you know, I've been playing with your breasts for 45 straight minutes. Uh, is this a problem? And she goes, no. I go, what about I wanted to play with your buttocks? She goes, I don't care. You know, they're yours now. I said, could you do me a favor and could you say that into this recorder? Also, could you sign this form? The booty and boob squeeze form saying that I have permission to squeeze these delicious yummies whenever I want to. Please sign here, here, and here. Okay. And she goes, first of all, that's weird that you had a recorder and a form for me to sign. But let me ask you a question. And then she grabbed my El Junco, if you understand what I'm saying. She goes, do you mind if I do this whenever I want? And I said, <laughs> not only do I not mind, I'm requesting it. In fact, 
Here's another form that says, please grab my, you know, stuff as often as possible. Minimum four times a day for a minimum of four minutes at a time. Sign here, here, here and here. And then I said, and also grab here. (laughs) Because your body becomes their body and their body becomes your body. Why? Because you're familiar with each other. You're intimate with each other. And Basically, by being in that position, you have now granted access and permission. But that's one of the only times that it's actually cool for that to happen, right? You don't want the babies jumping on your face, right? Right? You don't want somebody making you pay for getting on the bus, damn it, because you're used to not paying for it. But there's other cases where people just don't pay attention to or give a crap about you. They think you're time and your stuff is theirs right i had a friend i was i used to give the rides to the airport all the time being a comedian i have a ridiculously flexible schedule now when i'm not available i am just not available at all you just not available but when i'm available i'm available not a problem i can help you know i'm available to take people to doctor's appointments and relatives that are living close by i can do that during the morning i can do that not a problem i can move stuff no big deal right sometimes i come home late if i if i'm coming home late at two o'clock in the morning and you got to go to the airport at three o'clock i was going to be awake anyway probably fine-tuning some stuff not a big deal no big deal i'll take you to the airport we're buddies not a problem what i'm going to do Com- Playing about a 40, a 25 minute ride with my boy in a car when I was going to be up anyway, doing nothing, but probably watching YouTube videos and not a problem. I was going to do that. No big deal. And I was available for that. Not a problem. Not a problem. But my engine light came on and I'm on the way home and I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm saying, I hope this thing gets home. I don't think it's a major problem, but I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it because if I take, if I do anything, if I go too far away or if I was going on the way out, that would be a big risk, but I'm on the way home. I'm almost there. Hello. Hey, yes. Uh, uh, you still can get me to the airport. Well, you know, I don't know if I can do that because my check engine light is on. You're probably going to have to catch a cab or something or something like that. Or, you know, Oh yeah, and he goes through this story. Instead, I would have was me in this in this position. I would say, "Oh, really? Oh man, I hope you make it home, man. Yo, man, do me a favor, man. You know, uh, uh, you know, you know, just just head on home and make sure everything's cool, man. I don't want you to get stuck out there or anything like that." That's what I would have said because I've actually been in that situation where that happened to someone, and it was a huge inconvenience to me because I was banking on them, and they were normally reliable, but an extenuating circumstance happened, and they couldn't do it. And I said, oh, I'll catch a cab. Don't worry about it. Bam. Take care of yourself. Get home. But not this person. Oh, no. This person all of a sudden started telling me stories. Right? You ever notice when sometimes when people just expect you to be available for them, your time is their property in their mind and they don't even think about the fact that something may be inconveniencing you or maybe dangerous to you or may put you out. He started telling me stories about other people who had the engine light on their car and they drove around like that for weeks before they went to get repaired. It's not a big deal. You know, I know you, you got a check engine light. It's probably not that big deal. 
That's probably just your oxygen sensor or something. That's not really a big deal. It's going to mess up your fuel economy for a while, you know, because the oxygen sensor basically decides, you know, it it detects the amount of oxygen in there. And because of that, it just adjusts this and adjusts that. And then if it doesn't adjust it incorrectly, it'll burn more fuel and this and that. But it's not a a hazard to you. It'll just burn up more fuel than it should. You'll spend more money at the gas pump until you get it fixed. But it's not really that big of a deal. I had a friend of mine, his check engine light went on. And the only thing that was wrong with it was that one. One particular bulb behind the engine light, something weird happened to that, so it always stayed on. But as it turns out, there was nothing really wrong with the car. As it turns out, there was something wrong in the codes. You just had to punch in the right codes because there was nothing wrong with the car. It's not a big deal. You should probably give me this long-ass ride to the airport in the middle of nowhere and do it anyway. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Why are you telling me this, I'm wondering? Because... He had gotten so used to me being able to do it. My time was his. My vehicle was his. Didn't matter that I might be getting stranded somewhere. All he cared about was what he needed to get done. (laughs) Right? It's amazing how much of us people think actually belongs to them. Now, this is not one of those cases where I tell you about it, but I just kind of, well, I don't know. Of course, I'm going to drive out there and risk getting stuck in the middle of nowhere. And then I'm going to be the one that has to pay for the towing truck, the tow truck to tow my car back. And I'm the one that's going to have to pay for the repairs that I should have repaired before it got more serious and all that kind of stuff. And he had plenty of time. I mean, at this time of night, you can get a cab in three seconds or anything like that. Or what he could have done, what he could have done, what he could have done is woke his wife up. You know, I know she worked late, but she could have driven your punk ass to the airport. But I was already up and I like both of them. And even though I was doing it as a favor, not only for him, but for her as well, who was also a friend of mine. You know. So I, did, I, I said to him, I said, dude, it's my engine light. If I get stranded in the middle of nowhere I got to pay for a tow truck, right? Then I got to pay for a repair that I could have not, that I might not even have had to get done because I would have, under normal circumstances, just taken the car to the shop and gotten it fixed before it got worse. You have the option of a cab. Get a cab. It's not like you don't have money for a cab. Lord knows you got money for a cab because every time I take your punk ass to the airport, you don't flip me any damn money for gas, you punk ass. Not that I asked for it but or even wanted it, but come on, you bastard. And he was mad at me. Oh, whatever, man. Gets on the airplane and goes off and does what he has to do. Now, sometime during his trip, he realized what a dick he was being and he called me up to apologize. And I accepted his apology because he's normally a great guy. This is just one instance with him being a complete dick. But it's just it just illustrates what I'm saying, man. It's amazing how often we think somebody else's stuff is ours when it's not. I mean, I even asked, like I said, I asked permission to squeeze the boobies in the butt. Okay, I squeezed the boobies in the butt first. And then I asked, I said, would you mind if I have an elongated buttocks and boobie squeezes? And the lady would, who my girlfriend was, my girlfriend at the time said, yes. But in every other instance, don't just assume because you have regular access to something, you have regular, regular access to somebody's stuff, to somebody's person, that you have that you have carte blanche. You don't do that. 
Even with the girlfriend with the boobies and the butt, I didn't always just walk up and squeeze her boobs and butt. I didn't do that. I did that in nice, sweet moments. Nice, sweet moments. If we're on the couch watching a movie or we're laughing and joking or something like that, or we're having a wonderful morning or something like that, and I decided to walk up and rub her butt while she's making pancakes or something like that, or if I'm sitting there on the couch and she decides to go do a little junk rabbage, okay, that's a bad example because even if I'm in a bad mood, um, whoever, whatever woman I'm, I'm dating has, you know, she can grab my junk. I really don't care. I mean, that was a bad example. It really was. Sorry about that. Because I've actually been in that situation. I'm mad at you because you forgot. She goes, I'm going to grab your junk now. Yeah, I'm still mad at you, but feel free to grab my junk. That's great. That feels great. But back to arguing. You know what? I changed my mind. Let's get in the room and bang each other. Okay, that, that, you know, I started to think about that. Wait a minute. She was just grabbing my junk to win arguments. And that's okay. It led to banging, so I'm okay with it. But what I'm saying is, folks, don't just assume because you have access to somebody's stuff. That you have, you could just use it whenever you want to, you bastards, because that's the wrong thing to do. Okay? Like I said, don't, don't just walk up and grab your woman's boobs and butts unless it's a sweet moment where you feel that where the vibe is right, you know? I, mean, I remember meeting a girlfriend's you know, parents, and, you know, everything was great, we're having a great time, and she was wearing this wonderful dress, and everything was looking great, and then. You know, and I was, you know, I, I I was so nervous about meeting the parents. I forgot I didn't really pay attention to what she was wearing, and she was wearing some good stuff. You know, the buttocks, delicious buttocks, was looking yummy and everything. You know, the chest yummies were looking great. You know, she's a wonderful, beautiful, special person, and I wanted to put my hands on all that, all that brown juicy delicious chocolateness of our buttocks and chest yummies i wanted to squeeze on them things and go yum 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 but i didn't i didn't i wanted to but i didn't it was not the right time or place you know i have that kind of restraint you know of course the second we said okay goodbye parents of my girlfriend ha 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 the second we uh, pulled off i said could you would you mind pulling the car over for a second oh you want to go to that store right there yeah yeah sure i do <laughs> you turn the car off <laughs> And then I grabbed their boobs and brought, I grabbed one buttocks cheek and one breast. And she goes, you were wanting to do that all day, weren't you? And I went, yeah, pretty much. And then after about three hours of squeezing them, I said, okay, we can leave now. She goes, you know, we could have just gone home and then you could have then squeezed my delicious buttocks and breasts, you dumb bastard. And I went, I couldn't wait the seven minutes it took to go home. <laughs> I need impulse control problems. I have impulse control problems. Also, I have problems saying the words impulse control. <laughs> As you just heard, F y'all. So what I'm saying, folks, is don't just assume that somebody else's stuff is yours, okay? It's not the right thing to do unless you're a girlfriend of mine, in which case you can feel free to, you know, grab stuff because, you know, I'm into that. <laughs> don't judge me, you bastards. Segment over. Well, folks, that has been episode number 251 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. Uh if this is your first episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast and you got this far, it means for some reason your weird ass likes this crap. And I want to say thank you and much love to you. Now get your punk ass back and listen to the other 250 episodes. You're behind the curve, you bastard. Get to listening. This at this podcast, which I'm sure you love, is available on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in radio, iHeartRadio, and the home base is s anthony says dot podbean dot com. The website for this 
podcast, as Anthony says, dot com, the social media for me and this podcast. We're going to start with Twitter on Twitter for me personally is at S Anthony Thomas for the show is at S Anthony says, if you want to support the show, go buy some crap. That's from me at cafepress.com forward slash S Anthony says, if you would like to donate to the show and why wouldn't you please feel free to do so using PayPal at paypal.com. M-E forward slash S. Anthony says, oh, yeah. And folks, I want to thank you. I want to thank my American sass bastards because there's more of you. I want to thank my Canadian sass bastards because there's more of you. I want to thank the whole lot of new uh, sass bastards in the UK. I don't know where you came from, but keep it coming. I want to thank my Australian sass bastards and all my sass bastards around the world. Thank you very much. Much love to you all. Oh, 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 I forgot. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, of course, S. Anthony Thomas. Now, folks, I want to say goodbye to you because it doesn't matter to me whether you are. You know what? I'm not even going to do the little the, the little goodbye thing. I'm going to tell you about the email address. OK, the email address of the show is talk to us, Anthony at Gmail dot com. I always say the same thing when I when I end the show. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to say that this week. Damn it. I'm not saying it. I refuse to say it. I'm, I have evolved beyond that. <laughs> no, I didn't. It doesn't matter to you, me whether you listen to me on a treadmill, on a lawnmower. Thank you very, very much for allowing me into your ears, into your mind, into your heart, into your phone. Much love to you all, you bastards. And I'm going to say goodbye to you the way I always do on the count of three. And I want you to say it with me. Are you ready? Yeah, of course we are. Fantastic. One, two, three. S. Anthony.